Hey dreamers, my guest today is making his dreams come true by talking directly to people who could be his I his yours as in yours everybody yeah. mine okay ideal customers dreamers i give you tom schwab tom welcome to the show joe i am thrilled to be here I- i'm thrilled to have you here i'm looking forward to this conversation because uh, i'm always looking forward to talking to my direct customers and of course ava's here and she's been trying to pick up some customers of her own so she's looking to get some ideas if she doesn't fall asleep on her hosting duties here well, I think I think Ava is going to be uh, more uh, more exciting and probably have more wisdom than I do. You know, the wisdom <laughs> comes from kids, and she's she can join in the conversation at any time. Oh uh, well, we'll see. We'll see how she does. She's rubbing <laughs> her eyes, so I, I think I I think my co-host might be falling asleep soon. Um, but we'll we'll see. <laughs> Tom, why don't you get started by giving some background about yourself? Uh, sure. I'm a, I am call myself an inbound marketing engineer. My first job out of college was running nuclear power plants in the Navy. And uh, I went to the U.S. Naval Academy. So to all you U.S. taxpayers, thank you for funding my education. And, you know, I've run a nuclear power plant and I've run a small business. And I always say one of them was easy because it came with an instruction manual. So, uh, you know, I've always looked at business and saying, how can you build systems? How can you build processes? How can you improve those to actually run your business? And what I'm really excited about now is that, you know, uh, after going back to school for my MBA, I realized that uh, marketing at its heart is just starting a conversation with somebody that could be your ideal customer. And through a lot of uh, testing and uh, um, validating, uh, put together a system where today we find the easiest way to talk directly to your ideal customer is being on podcasts, you know, being on shows that they already listen to and uh, uh, being interviewed as a guest. So I'm uh, drinking my own Kool-Aid and you'll get to see sort of behind the curtains how I do it and how you can do it too. No, I, I couldn't agree more. I, uh, you know, it doesn't need to be the the, the radio's, uh, well, what's mostly a myth of millions of listeners, you know, listening at all the time. And they're all interested in what you have to say as far as your advertising goes. Uh, when it comes to podcasting, it's super targeted, and that's—I mean—that to me is, and should be to more people, uh, really the, the 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 foundation for what your marketing dollars should be going towards. Oh, you are so right, Joe. And you know, we're recording this uh, right around uh, the World Series time, and I I tell people. Would you rather have, you know, a half hour with a hundred of your ideal customers to talk to them, or would you rather have five minutes on the Super Bowl? I'm sorry, on on the World Series. And some people would say, I'd rather have five minutes on the World Series. And I'm like, you got to be kidding me. Everybody would hate you because you're interrupting for five minutes what they really care about. You know, so it's not a numbers. How many people can I interrupt? It's really how many people can I talk to that I could serve? So it's really a focus thing, not uh, not a mass market thing. And that's why podcasts are so great for that. You know, I, I'd agree with the only caveat to that would be the Super Bowl because the, the room gets quiet when the when the commercials come. <laughs> um, yeah. And, and because of that, like, I mean, I've, I actually um, believe of the notion that the that Super Bowl commercials are actually not um, they're not they're not expensive enough. I think that the, the value in which they bring to the table is actually more. I mean, they have you know, they, they take up news time. 
for the, for the commercials on both local and national. So uh, to me, it's like, you know, if, you, if you're going to spend a couple million dollars, I, I think that you can't go wrong with the Super Bowl. Now, World Series is different. Seven games, you know, it's, and people aren't necessarily having World Series parties uh, well, like they are for the Super Bowl. Well, I was going to say, if I had a few million dollars to buy 15 seconds on a Super Bowl, boy, I'd be having a party, you know. So for most of us, that's not that's not even an option, you know. You can't uh, you can't afford uh, to buy your attention there. So you've got to find a way to earn it. And you know, Joe, I was um, on my way to a, a meeting to talk to in San Diego, and it struck me I was sitting on the airplane, and the guy next to me, he could have been my best customer ever, but there's no way that I could have gotten to him because, you know, he was like so many of us. He had the earbuds in and there was no way I could break through that noise. You know, we, people talk about, well, how do I break through the noise now? Well, there's no more noise. People filter out what they don't want to listen to. So really, you know, it's it's really starting to con- or getting in on the conversation where they are. Um, and, you know, podcast is just a great way to do that. As, as you're listening there, you know, if you can do something and add value to them, what a great way for people to get to know, like, and trust you. Oh, I, I'd agree. Yeah, that you're you're absolutely right that they're filtering out the noise. Um, you know, I mean, that, now there's different levels of noise. So it's like, oh, well, I go to podcasts. You know, there's twenty thousand podcasts about this topic. You know what I mean? Like that's still like you know that's still tough to break through that. But once you know, at least you have that targeted market in the first place because they're looking for you. That they're looking for that category. I think they'll. I heard there was 11 or 12 uh, podcasts just about uh, metal detectors. Oh, I can believe that um, because there's 350,000 podcasts now um, in the U.S. And I was talking to somebody the other day and he mentioned pickleball. I had never heard of it before, but he said it's like um, tennis with a wiffle ball. And I'm like, wow, I've never heard of that. He's like, yeah, there's four podcasts about it. So I don't care how small a niche it is, there's a podcast and there's people that are listening to that. And I tell you what, if if I was selling pickleball equipment, I don't know how I would reach those people. You know, you know, if I knew there was four podcasts, I'd want to make sure that I got on every podcast that talked about pickleball. No, I, I'd agree. I, I think I've heard of pickleball, but I didn't actually know. I don't think I know anything about it. Um, <laughs> so, well... <laughs> Tom, why don't you go into uh, how you got some of the first steps you took to get started with uh, doing inter- interview valet? Sure. And really, it came out of what our customers were asking for. My background is more on inbound marketing. You know, this whole idea of that people don't go to the Internet to buy something or be sold something, they go there to solve a problem. So nobody wants to be sold anything. You know, none of us like to be sold, but we all like to buy and solve our problems. So the idea behind um, inbound marketing or content marketing is that if you can provide them the answers, the ideas, um, the solutions, you know, you win the the no like, the trust. Uh, you might get that first transaction, but chances are you'll also get the you know. The, the relationship, which is really how you build a business. And so when I originally did this, you know, I built an uh, e-commerce company from a regional leader here in Michigan to a national leader, and we did that with blogs. You know, those were, used to be what everybody thought of as content, uh, and that's really changed now. You know, there's millions and millions of blogs, and I think if you ask people, most people aren't spending as much time reading blogs. 
and it really, if you look at the uh, the statistics out there, um, conversions through blogs are really going down. Um, so we looked at it and said, well, what are people listening to? And uh, you know, I I joke around that you've got to be smart enough to know right answer when told. And uh, so I've after I get told the right answer long enough, uh, I'm like, that's genius. So we had a, a client that we were working with, and he had a great voice, you know. He had a, a southern voice, great stories. He sort of reminded me of Zig Ziglar. And he'd write a blog, and he'd spend three hours on the blog, and, you know, it would convert like every other blog, 1% to 2%. And I'm like, this is just not doing it. And, you know, to tell him, oh, just keep blogging for a couple of years and you'll get traction, um, he wasn't buying that either. So we said, well, hey, could we get you on a podcast? Because one of the answers was do your own podcast. And, you know, while that is an answer, boy, anybody that's ever done a podcast, they know that, you know, uh, that it's not easy. Anybody that tells you it's easy has either never done it or never done it well. So we got him on a podcast and really looked at it and said, it's almost like guest blogging, right? Go to an uh, a medium that's already established, the audience is there, get the trust, the uh, the authority from the host. And we were just amazed, Joe, when we uh, when we did that. You know, the traffic that came back was almost instantaneous, and it lasted uh, for years as people still found that podcast. And what we were most shocked by was that when those people uh, came to his site, instead of converting one to two percent like they did on a blog, we were seeing conversion rates more of like 25 to 50 percent. And so over the next couple of years, we tested it, figured out, is it just him? Is it just his niche that he's in? Is this a is this magic, the trick that we can do once, or is it a real system? So we tested that. We uh, we came up with the system, and then uh, starting last fall, we really focused on it and uh, did it with beta testing um, with uh, some select clients and then really launched Interview Valet uh, the spring of 2006. And the idea being is that it's not magic. It's a system. I openly, you know, share the system. Um, you know, I teach it on podcasts. I share it in blogs. Got a book coming out that that um, explains it all. But for our clients, they're the ones that just say, hey, you know, I understand the system. But as one of our clients said, Sinatra only sang. And I said, well, what's that mean? And he's like, well, Sinatra could have done all those other things. But where he added the most value was singing. He says, I want to be Sinatra. I want to just add that value on the podcast interview. And he said, let me be the guest. You do the rest. And I'm like, oh, that's good copy. I'm, I'm going to take that. And that's where really our tagline came from. You know, you be the guest. We'll take care of the rest. Oh, I love that. Um, so you, you say you started Interview Valet in 2006? Uh, no, uh, the um, – the fall of 2016. Oh, 16. Oh, okay. Okay. I'm sorry. I messed up on dates here. The fall of 2015. Oh, okay. (laughs) And it fully launched in the, um, in the spring of 2016. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm messed up on my years. I'm already thinking about 2017 now. And I guarantee you there's somebody listening right now, uh, that is probably 2020. And they're like, Oh, wow. (laughs) (laughs) Way back when, well, that's why I was curious about 2006. Cause 2006 is still really, really early on. I mean, we're still early on in podcasting in general, but um, that was really, really early on. Um, so, so how did your family take this idea of you starting up uh, Interview Valet? You know, it was really sort of the next step for it because we we had built a company on inbound marketing that was uh, e-commerce. So we had built that business up. We understood how it worked. 
And then we sold that company. So it's like, okay, what's the next step? And I had a lot of people that had asked me, hey, could you help me do this in my business? And so that seemed like a, a fun thing to do in the next step. And, you know, one of the things I always say is that you got to be careful when somebody teaches you how they built their business. You know, Joe, it's like if you told me that um, yesterday when you went to the grocery store, line two was the shortest. Well, that's true. You know, that you didn't lie to me. It's true. But how does that apply to me? Because I'm at a different market at a different time. So it may not apply. So if you told me, you know, how you did it, why, what you saw, you know, how you made that decision and why it worked out, I could probably learn more from there. So really, as we started to look at it, we said, okay, what can we take that we learned, apply it to these times and, and teach it to other people? So really, it, it was fun. And um, it seemed like the natu next natural step I think the biggest problem I had, though, was uh, when people would ask me what I did or what I was going to do, I would just start talking about podcasts and, you know, only 30 percent, 30 to 40 percent of the people uh, right now listen to podcasts. So if you're listening to this now, you're one of those early adopters and I would go through what I did and how excited I was about it and they would stop and say, oh, that's neat. What's a podcast? And, you know, after you explained it to them, uh, it made sense, and I think it's it's really interesting because uh, there's a lot of people that listen to podcasts now, like my my kids that uh, are in high school and college age. They know what a podcast is, but they have no idea what an iPod is. You know, to them, a podcast is something that they download, you know, on their smartphone or on their computer, or, or even now there's cars coming out um, that you can download it straight to the dashboard. So really, it's more on-demand radio. And you know, as as it gains in popularity, I think people will go, "Oh, okay, yeah, I understand that now." Yeah, it's it's all about the terms in which you use to to explain it. And I, you know, I feel the same way. I mean, starting this this show back in 2014, I'm surrounded by retirees in my neighborhood, and they had no idea; they had never heard the word podcast before, uh, before me. So, it you know, it's very interesting. Um, the, the 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 how it's changed just in the last two years, thanks to things like Serial and and SNL, you know, spoofing it and uh, just the traction that's that's coming through, and even CBS supporting it. You know, CBS would play that it. I mean, they're they're doing all these commercials, and they say, oh, listen to listen to the podcast, or you know, uh, so and so is going to be on this podcast, and it's all sports talk radio. But still, it's 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 gro like it's growing. Uh, in the, I guess, marketing dollars sense of what, and what companies are willing to spend. And sometimes, Joe, I think it's starting to get blurred um, on what's a podcast and what's radio. I'll never forget I did a podcast interview one time, and then, um, I don't know, a couple months later, um, I got calls from some buddies that I went to college with that were in Arizona. And they're like, hey, I didn't know you were in town. Let's get together for dinner. And, you know, so I responded to their emails and their texts and everything. And I'm like, I'm not in town, you know. And they're like, well, I just heard you on the local radio station this morning. And as we pieced it together, sure enough, the local radio station had picked up some different interviews. And this is one of them that they played. So to everybody listening on the radio, they thought it was a radio show. They thought I was sitting in, you know, Arizona. And in reality, it had been recorded a couple months before. And, you know, I was sitting in Kalamazoo, Michigan, uh, just talking with somebody. <laughs> yeah, it's funny how that, that works out. The people, you know, that don't realize that things aren't necessarily as they seem. Though with, with, our, with our setup, I mean, you could have Skyped in to them and, and sound like you were sitting there right in the studio like you do now. Oh, exactly. I mean, Can you pass me a dip, by the way? 
Oh, uh, sure. Sorry, oh, I, I oh, double, I double yeah, dipped. It's all, it's all good, man. It's all good. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but um, so what? Like with with interview valet, um, what's been your biggest roadblock? Yeah, you know, I always say our our biggest roadblocks are always ourselves. You know. Um, and, uh, you know, I always say that I never am going as fast as I want to, um, uh, but I'm always accelerating. And as I look back on, on my life and stuff like that, I would have to say, you know, my first, biggest roadblock has always been myself, but it's also been my pride. Um, Joe, if I could use the analogy, if I was going to build a car, you know, my natural inclination would be I'm going to build the hot rod, but I'm going to build it in the garage. I'm going to do it by myself. Um, and when it's perfect, I'm going to bring it out and show everybody. Well, you know what? It's frustrating in the garage and it's never perfect. You never have all the tools or the knowledge that you need. And now the way I do it is is I'd much rather, you know, build it in the front yard, knowing that 100 people are going to drive by and two or three of them are going to laugh at me, you know. Probably 90 are going to just drive by and not even notice me, but they'll probably be, I don't know, five or seven people that'll stop by and go, Hey, this is neat. You know, how can I, how can I help with this? I got a tool at home and, uh, you know, so it'll be a lot more fun doing it that way. It'll be a better product. And, uh, so I, I think that's what I look at is that, you know, none of us were meant to do it by ourselves. None of us are supposed to be Superman. Uh, you know, the, the worst punishment that you can give to somebody is solitary confinement. But yet a lot of times when we're trying to create something, when we're trying to create our dream and live our dream, we think, oh, I've got to do this all by myself. Now, it's a lot more fun getting to your dream if you involve other people. And sometimes people will say, well, I don't want anybody to steal my dream. You know, they've got their own dreams. And, um, ideas are easy to come by. They could steal your idea, but they're not going to be able to steal your execution. And, uh, there's a, a gentleman, um, Darmesh saw that runs a great blog called, or a site called on startups. And I like the way he says it. He says, if somebody's going to steal your idea, don't you want them to steal it at the beginning? Because you'd hate to spend, you know, five years of your life, your money, all the rest of this, then for them to come and steal your idea and do it better than you. He said, no, that competition at the beginning, you're going to learn from them. They're going to learn from you. So, you know, he encourages everybody to be open about what they're doing. And uh, it goes against, you know, a lot of our natural tendencies. I know it goes against my natural tendency that somebody's going to steal my dream. But uh, the older I get, the more I realize that that's not the case. I think that is a, a great point um, in the beginning. So you can learn from what they've done and the success that they've had and, and take it. And um, I mean, I come from the, the, the DJ world where you could give uh, 10 DJs, 10 records, the same 10 records each and see how each one mixes them differently. And you'll end up with 10 different mixes of those 10 songs. So, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, you know, plus competition is a good thing in general, but that's the that's the whole thing uh, when it comes to building out um, those ideas. It's, it's you know, again, ideas are cheap, and but but it's the execution that really matters. And especially how big our markets are right now. Um, you think about how many people we can reach over the internet. Um, how many people you know we could get. And so sometimes when we're talking to clients, I can remember talking to an author one time that wanted to promote his book. And I'm like, that's great. Who's your ideal customer? And he says, um, anybody who can read and has $20. 
And I'm like, no, you know, most people wouldn't care about your book. Uh, there's a lot of people that, that, uh, that only have audible or Kindle and that's not available there. So let's narrow this really, really down because, you know, there's no way that any one of us can serve what 3 billion people. Um, but we can find that subset of people, that niche, that small, small sliver. But if you look at who you can connect with over the United States in that small sliver, you know, that's enough people to, to fill your dream, but also help their dream. You know, Joe, one of the things I always point back to that the worst business advice I ever got was from my grandfather. And it was the only wrong thing that old Irishman ever told me. I love him dearly, but when I was in college, he told me, choose carefully who you drink with because you can't choose who you work with. Now, for him, it was true. He was a mechanic in a small town. If you had a car, you were his customer. But for us, it's different. You know, we've got access to to hundreds of millions of potential customers. We don't need all of them. Let's figure out who our ideal customer is, who our ideal prospect is, those people that we can serve and thrill and can thrill us, and let's just talk to them. And if those other people don't resonate, that's fine. There's somebody else that can serve them better. Yeah, I mean, that's the beauty of the internet, connecting millions and millions and hundreds of millions and even billions of people to uh, a network where they are potential, you know, potentially customers and they all have their own wants and needs and likes and dislikes. And that's why um, if you look at, I mean, even podcasting as a whole, like, why is there like 12 podcasts on, on metal detectors? Because someone was listening. is like, oh, I could do something different or better or, you know, than this. I, I could do better than that. And then there was two podcasts about metal detectors and some then there was three. And um, so, yeah, it's, it's uh, you know, I mean, some markets obviously grow bigger than others. You know, Disney's my thing. So, like, you know, there's a, countless Disney podcasts out there. Um and entrepreneur shows and stuff like that. But it's like everybody has their own different take, their own different background. And that's what, you know, you have to um, really not just buy into, but be really believe and embrace. Because if you don't embrace it, uh, you're going to be sitting on the sideline because you're like, I don't, I don't offer what these other people are offering. Or well, and that's a, better than me. That's, and that's the thing. If you try copying somebody, you'll never, you'll never stand out. Right. Contrast is the way people notice you. So you've got to be authentic. You've got to be you. And nobody can copy, you know, you 100 percent. You know, I could I could listen to it. I could get probably 90 or 95 percent of it, but it still wouldn't be authentic. You know, the only thing that I'm really good at and the world renowned undisputed expert is being myself. And the same thing can be said to every listener there. And so what you've got to share is, you know, ordinary to you, but it's amazing to other people. And so if somebody listens to you on a podcast or you've got your own podcast, you know, if they don't resonate with you, that's okay. You know, you don't have to have everybody listen to your podcast, but I guarantee you, you know, there are people that follow every podcast, Joe, and they wouldn't miss them and they're telling about it. And those are avid fans, you know, and if you look at it, I think the average person now on podcasts listens to seven hours a week. So if they listen to podcasts, they listen to seven hours of content a week, which I'm not sure if that's actual time or sped up time because it's always weird for me to talk to you right now because your voice sounds so weird. When I listen to podcasts, I was listening to it at 1.5. So when I actually speak to the host, it's like, wow, he sounds a whole lot different. You know, it, everything's much slower. 
You know, I listen. Um, it depends on what I'm doing, but generally, I try to listen to two X. Like, it's, especially if I'm walking or like walking with my my daughter, because uh, I'm that, there's nothing else for me to focus on. It's hard. Like, it's hard. Like, if you're sitting there and you're doing, um, like, if I was like getting a shower and like people were trying to talk and stuff like that, one point five is even a bit much at that point because you, you're trying to like keep up with what's going on. But um, but yeah, I I, I would agree. It's it is odd. Like, and that's the other thing about um pacing the it's like should you talk fast should you talk slow if you talk too fast people are speeding you up anyway so yeah seven hours is probably actual listen time not because if you figure people's average was it like 40 minutes in in travel time or something like that each way to and from work sure um, that's 80 minutes a day 80 times i'm not a math magician but 80 <laughs> times five is 400 minutes you divide that by six um i i i don't know the, the, it's something. it's a, yeah, it's a it's lot like of time days, so. you're sitting in the car and uh, I, um, you know, and for me, you know, I don't have a commute, but you know, I when I mow the lawn, I'm listening to podcasts. When I have to drive around and do errands, I, I don't want to listen to commercials. I'll listen to podcasts. Um, you know, when I'm when I'm jogging in the morning, I'm always listening to podcasts. You know, about the only thing is that if somebody else is in the car, especially like my wife. Um, she cannot stand listening to a podcast at 1.5 or 2.0. So we've got to, <laughs> I've got to drive the speed limit and have the podcast on at 1.x. But you think about your own clients or the customers or the people that you want to talk to. Also, I might as well just get in there on the conversations that they're already listening to and, and add value there. Definitely. Definitely. Now, Tom, when you were growing up, what was your childhood dream? <laughs> You know, I grew up in a small Midwestern town, and I loved it. It was the suburbs of Chicago, and the, the farthest west that I had been um, was the Mississippi River. The farthest east I'd been was Indiana. So, you know, my dreams were based on what I saw. So, uh, you know, my dream was, okay, well, g get a good job, you know, maybe be an architect, maybe be, you know, a fireman, maybe be a policeman. Um you know, as a kid, that that would change each week. Um, uh, for a while, I thought I'd be a professional basketball player, and then I just realized that I was the tallest kid in seventh grade because I just grew faster than everybody. Uh, but at five nine, uh, I was not going to be playing professional ball. So with that, you know, it, it it based on what I saw, and my life really changed when I went into the Navy uh, because I was seventeen years old. By the time I was eighteen, I'd been around the world. And really exposed to a lot of different things. And, you know, I, I guess even now, uh, my dream is to do interesting things uh, uh, with fun people. Um, and that's that's my goal. And it always has been. And um, uh, when I came to Kalamazoo uh, in 1992, it was a snowy day. Uh, I took a job and I said, well, I'll take this job, but I'm not going to die here. Well, 20 some years later, I still live here. My family grew up here. Um, this is home, but I still look at it as, you know, my dream um, is to to do fun things with interesting people. And I think now with the, the internet and the tools we have, you're not limited by where you live or who you know or, um, you know, what school you went to. Uh, you know, what you're today, wearing. Exactly. When you're on these yeah. calls. <laughs> You know, there's a there's a podcast out there that if you get the joke, uh, you understand it. If not, you have no idea what he's talking about. But I think it was called Working Without Pants. 
And it's like so true. You can be on a Skype call and be in shorts and a tie and a shirt, and nobody knows the difference. So with that, uh, you know, the it's a great equalizer um, today. And you know, today if you're if you're ignorant or isolated and you've got an internet connection, that's by choice. So if you've got a dream, you know, just go out there and and get it. You really is nothing holding you back besides yourself. Couldn't agree more. Yeah, I mean, I'm wearing like bright green uh, shorts at the moment, so you know, <laughs> and I got a baby sleeping behind me. But you know, th- that's the way the internet goes. That's that's how it is. Uh, this is what the future looks like. <laughs> <laughs> Tom, um, what do your dreams for the future look like? Yeah, to me, my dream for the future is not so much um, what I have or what I do, but who I want to be. Um, and I think the, the have and the do can, that can change a lot. And, um, in, in, uh, earlier in my life, you know, I said, uh, I want to have this. Well, five years from now, when you get the opportunity to get it, it's, it's not as important, you know, um, or I want to do this. Well, things can, things can change with that too. It's like, you know, I want to, I know you, you run half marathons. You know, I thought I want to run marathons. I want to qualify for Boston and I have qualified for Boston. I just did it as a 80 year old woman. Um, (laughs) that's my qualifying time. But, uh, so with that, you you know, you did Congratulations. I I did it. And I, I look at that and say, um, you know, it's, it's who I want to be. So as I look for my dream going forward, I'm 51 years old and my dream for the future is I want to be healthy. I want to be active. Um, I want to be there for my family. So I want to have that flexibility and that freedom in whatever job I want to do. I want to continue to, um, meet new people. And I really believe that, you know, we're blessed to be a blessing to other people. Um, so I don't have, you know, when I was 40 years old, I was looking forward to retirement. You know, now that I'm 51 years old, I'm thinking, I don't want to retire. You know, I'm having fun doing what I, I do. And, you know, if I, if I retired, um, I would just tick off my wife and my golf game is not that good. So, you know, I focus on my dream is who I want to be. And out of that comes, you know, what I want to do and, um, and, and what I want to have. Well, you can always get better at golf. I mean, that just takes time and effort. <laughs> <laughs> well, Sorry. and if you've, if you've seen me golf, I couldn't get any worse. You know, when I was younger, there was a, a gentleman that told me, he said, uh, the good Lord is cruel only, um, or he, I'm sorry. He said, there's three things in your life. There's your business, your family, and your golf game. And he said, the good Lord is cruel. Only two of the three can go well at one time. So he said, if you hit a good shot, start to worry. <laughs> no, I hear that. I'm horrible at golf. Um, <laughs> So, so, uh, before we share how people can connect with you and get interview, you know, get the interview valet.com. I mean, it's like how you dial nine one one. Uh, <laughs> is there, is there any last thoughts you'd like to share? Yeah, I, I, Joe, I appreciate this so much. It's so fun talking with you. And, you know, I, I think we all need to dream more, but then you've got to share your dream with somebody. You've got to, you've got to bless them to be blessed. And so with that, uh, I look, always say, how are you going to connect with those people? And I think going forward, um, if you're listening to a podcast, you know the power of this medium, you know that it's growing, you know, it's a great way to connect with people. So I'd urge you to, you know, what you know could help other people. 
could entertain them, could uh, uh, could inspire them, um, could even draw them to you to work with you. So figure out a way to use podcasts, and that could be starting your own podcast. It could be being a podcast guest. It could be doing both of those. But if you've got any you know desire to grow a business, just think about it. In the future, your customers are going to be listening to podcasts, and they're either going to hear you or they're going to hear your competition. So you've got to decide, you know, how do you want to do that? And, you know, if we can be of any help to you, um, uh, just go to interviewvalet.com forward slash dreamers and everything that Joe and I talked about will be there. Um, I tell you what, I'll, I'll, I've got an infographic that's like this nine secrets to getting on your first podcast. I, uh, I'll share the checklist that I use before every interview uh, so that I don't forget anything. You know, they say checklists are written in blood. Most of the blood is mine. Um, and uh, there's even uh, – I'll, I'll put the link. Uh, November 1st of 2006, uh, the book Prof, uh, Podcast Guest Profits is coming out. So I'll put a link to the book there also. Are we going to get in a time machine and go back back in time? I, did I say 2006 yeah. again? <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. I, you well, know, I'm I, trying I, to – I was getting excited about, about the, uh, the prospect of a time machine to go man, get, I'm, uh, I'm, to, I'm to trying to, to be Ted. I'm trying to be 10 years younger here. No, 2016. So, <laughs> awesome, awesome, awesome. Yes, uh, thank you, thank you, and uh, I'll definitely have that in the show notes uh, on at superjoeparter.com. Well, Tom, I really appreciate you taking the time to come on and to explain to people why they should go and be guests on podcasts. It's a great opportunity. Um, for you know to connect with people that are like-minded if you want to start a podcast that's awesome too i mean i got a hey i got a course on how to start a podcast so uh you can always go go check that out as well at my site and if you know if you want to be a guest i I love that you have a checklist of nine uh nine things because it it is important especially if you're not used to that whole process i mean i remember when i was uh get just getting before i even started this podcast i was a podcast guest on several disney shows uh, for my my DJ album that was coming out, it was all Disney music mashed up with with mu- different music, and and it was really awesome. And uh, yeah, I'd, I had never been on a podcast before that, so it was really uh, exciting, and it and it sparked this this whole Dreamers podcast thing that we're here two and a half years later with. So you never know what you're gonna uh, what you're gonna do, but but being a guest is great because you don't have to get overwhelmed all at once, especially if you don't have that music music or uh, technical you know background to do all like to know how to do all this stuff from the from the start. Very much so, and I look at it as sometimes I feel guilty because you do so much work on this, you know, from the preparation, the production, the editing, the promotion, and then I show up for a half hour and I get uh, the results. It's sort of like the Tim Ferriss um, four-hour hack or something on how to do podcasting. But with that, I'm just going to – I'll do the the shout-out here. If you enjoy enjoy what Joe is doing – I mean, the nicest thing that you can do is just go leave a rating and review. I mean, people say that and it's like, yeah, yeah, I'm going to do that. But come on, you know how much work goes into this. So take two minutes and and say something nice about the podcast because it helps other people find the podcast and uh, you're helping somebody else out with that too. Well, thank you very much. Yeah, I don't usually um, beat people over the head for, for rating and reviews, but uh, you know, I got I got some, you know like 115 or something like that. But, you know, I do appreciate when people do do it. It's just, 
I, I don't beat people over the head for it. But I know I, I should. I know I'm supposed to. Every episode be like, hey, if you love this show, you should go leave a review. Just like, you know, I watch a lot of YouTube videos and everybody's like, oh, make sure if you know to subscribe if you love it and hit the like button if you enjoyed it. Blah, 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 blah. And it's like, you don't think people know after 10 years of YouTube to like <laughs> do that already? If you don't ask or you think it's not going to happen? I, I don't know. It's... So that's even a better reason to leave you a review because you're not always begging for it. But, you know, I would say that there's probably somebody that this is the first podcast they're ever listening to. And they're like, well, I never knew you could do that. So do yourself a favor. Do other people a favor. Do Joe a favor and leave your first review ever. Uh, yeah, I would appreciate it. I wish I, Apple would make it a little bit easier for people to go and do that in the podcast Amen. on iTunes. But until then, you know, they, they don't need us. They got their apple, they, you know, whatever. Um, <laughs> anyway, Tom, thank you so much for coming on the show. I really appreciate your time and I appreciate the uh, insight that you brought. And I'd love to have you on again in like a year to follow up and see how everything's been going. Oh, that would be great, Joe. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Dreamers Podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Dreamers Podcast. Join us on Facebook at facebook.com slash dreamers podcast. If you or someone you know would like to be a guest on the Dreamers Podcast, please send an email to j at jpar.co. This podcast is copyright 2014 by jpar.co.